order our steps in ways in which um, we don't, it's not our plan, but it's, per, it's his purpose. And sometimes it doesn't go as planned so God can realign us with his purpose. One of my, one of my sayings is it may not go as planned, but it always goes as purpose. Because God is vehement in keeping his people in alignment with what he wants to accomplish in their lives. And so sometimes he has to close some doors to order our steps to the door that he has waiting that's open. And, and, um, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and with that being said, um, you know, I, I lead a business team. I lead, I lead a business team here um, in Florence. Um, and there are, there are um, we kind of run our business a little bit different than your average, being that we now initiate our business by faith. And there are some things that I shared with our business team who, who is experiencing good success. Um, God, it's, it's, it's good success or it's God's success. And, and it ties into that word. And it ties into some of the things that I've shared with that team. And I felt it necessary on this evening to share with you some of the things that I've shared with them that have released God's hand upon us. And, um, and, and cause us to enter into the good success that we have now been experiencing. Amen. It's, it's a blessing to hear the word. It's better to wear it. When you begin to be able to wear what you heard and people can see it on you and they can see that it looks good. The word looks good on us. And, um, and so I'm going to share with you some of those, some of those realities and tie them into where I sense uh, where God wants to take us and what he wants to say to the people that are in here today. Now, um, I'm so excited to have some of the Darlington family. I see the um, um, Miss Deja here. It's good to see you. Now, that got to be mom. I should have known it this morning, but I done picked it up. Look here. It's so, I'm so glad to have you all from Georgia, Correct. All the way um, down from Georgia on up to the Carolinas. And we are thankful to have you here with us today. God bless you. God bless you. And I think you got a, a happy future son-in-law sitting up there too. <laughs> Excited. We, we, we knocking on the door to some other wedding bells. Amen. We knocking on the door and it's a blessing. It's a blessing when you do it in the will of God. I already know it's blessed sat down with that young man and young lady and I know that God's hand is on this thing and so what God puts together we, ain't, we don't have to worry about it God did that thing and so we're, we're just excited thank you for being here amen it's, it's good to see also with us today make sure I say this correctly Miss Tyasha Ty Williamson who is a guest of Mario Green is that correct Miss Tyasha? Tisha, Tisha, Miss Tisha, look, I'm glad, we're glad to have you, I'm so sorry about that, amen, amen, uh, coming and, and visiting with us from Monumental Baptist Church, we're so glad, glad to have you here today, and we're just glad for all of our family that are here today, our new family, Miss India and the family, it's good to see the babies serving today, amen, they look good up there, they look good up there, and we, we're thankful for them.
Amen. Um, I want to share a couple of things with you all, um, and I believe it's a blessing. I don't necessarily have what I would say a foundational text, although I'm going to run through several texts. But I, I, want, to, I want to start out by saying this, and I pray that you can follow me. I'm, I'm trying not to, I'll try not to be long um, today. In, in Matthew uh, chapters 24 and 25, Jesus begins to emphasize, emphasize to us something, JC. He begins to emphasize to us the importance and the responsibility and the obligation that he's given me and you as believers to watch for him. All of us are familiar with those texts where he, he, he now says, look, you're responsible. Even if I come in the second, third, or fourth watch, I need to find you watching. Um, um, he emphasizes that over and over in those two verses. I want to point out a few of them, and then I'm going to share some things um, after we pray concerning that. Uh, Matthew 24, verse number 42, is one of the instances where he now tells us that it is our responsibility to watch for him. Uh, Matthew 24, verse number 42, it says, um, Watch, therefore... For you know not what hour your Lord come. Everybody say watch. If you go on to the next verse, verse number 43, Jesus reemphasizes and repeats those words again. He says, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch, everybody say watch, the thief would come. He would have watched. Everybody say watch. And he would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Matthew 25 and 13. Watch, therefore. Everybody say watch. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Father, we thank you that you would even already seal this word before this word is declared. It is so right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. All of God's people said amen. amen. Now, what I want to emphasize is what's so challenging about Jesus's instructions to us, his disciples, although he was directly speaking to the disciples, then he's speaking to the disciple afar off. What's so challenging about his instruction is the reality, watch this now, that we can't see him, but he requires us to watch him. That's what's challenging about his instructions. I'm going to say that again. We can't see Jesus, but we're required to watch Jesus. It is now an obligation we have to watch a God that we actually can't necessarily see with our physical eyes. Now, this is what we must understand about that. If we as believers are obligated to watch him and we can't see him, that means seeing and watching are two different functions. I want to talk about that for a minute. I want you to understand, number one, first and foremost, if we're required to watch him and we can't see him, that means that seeing him and watching him are two different functions. We are to watch Jesus when we can't see Jesus. And not understanding this reality will cause many to miss him when he comes. 
And I'm going I'm to I'm I'm tell you why in just a minute. Now, first of all, I want to deal with the function between seeing and watching. We see with our eyes, but we watch with our hearts. Amen. Our heart has an eye and our head has an eye. We see the outer world with our eye, with the, the eyes in our head. We see the world of the spirit with the eye of the heart. Amen. We see the invisible world of the kingdom with the eye of our heart. Everybody following what I'm saying? So, so we see with our eyes, but we watch with our hearts. Seeing is observing what's there while watching is gazing upon what's not. Anybody ever been in a class before with a boring teacher? And although you were seeing that teacher in front of you, you were watching something else in your heart and in your mind. You might have been watching a joke somebody told you. You might have been watching something you were doing last week. Sometimes we watch instead of see in church. You might be seeing me in front of you, but you're watching the dinner that you're going to eat when you get home. There, there is a difference. We can be seeing one thing with our eyes, yet watching something else with our heart. Everybody following what I'm saying? Because me and you are designed to be able to watch one thing with our heart while we're seeing another thing with our eyes. The Bible puts it this way. We walk by faith and not by sight. Could we close those doors, please? We walk by faith and not by sight. That's how the Bible puts it. So, so what we need to understand is this. We need to understand Jesus expects us to watch him when we can't see him so we can catch a revelation between the relationship between watching and seeing. I want to deal with that for one moment. I want to deal with the relationship between watching and seeing. Now watch this. and Y'all don't mind if I just teach. This evening, bless the Lord. We, are, we already had the knockdown drag out this morning. And I don't know if the Lord do, do what he's going to do. But right now, I plan to just kind of sit in the saddle a little bit. If we learn how to watch with our heart, in spite of what we see with our eyes, ultimately we can turn what we watch into what we see. I'm hoping you're following what I'm saying and I'm going to say that one more time. If we learn how to watch with our hearts, in spite of what we see with our eyes, ultimately we can turn what we watch into what we see. See, what I'm saying is we may see heaviness with our eyes, but if we're willing to keep watching, his yoke is easy and his burden is light with our heart in spite of the heaviness we see with our eyes eventually that thing that we're watching with our heart will then begin to become what we see with our eyes because we watched it in order to see it everybody follow what I'm saying I may see sin with my eyes, but I watch with my heart. Though my sins were as scarlet, he has made them white as snow. And while I'm still seeing sin with my eyes, I watch that in my heart until the sin I see with my eyes has to bow to though my sins were as scarlet, he made them as snow because I refuse to allow what I saw with my eyes to keep my 
heart from watching what God said. So literally, God has assigned us to watch with our heart what we're not seeing with our eyes until we change with our heart what we're seeing with our eyes. Seeing isn't supposed to control watching, but watching is actually supposed to control seeing. Glory to God. I'm going to say that again. Seeing isn't supposed to control watching, but watching is actually supposed to control seeing. Our issue is this. Religion has caused us to have it twisted. We'll watch with our heart the bondage we see with our eyes and somehow think if we keep on looking at our bondage, it's going to set us free. And so I'm seeing the bondage with my eyes and with my heart I'm saying God set me free from the bondage but we know while we see the bondage with our eyes watch who the sun sets free is free indeed with our hearts and eventually what we watch the freedom that we watch with our heart will shift what we see with our eyes and we'll enter into liberty we enter into liberty by walking by faith and not by sight what's in front of me is not necessarily my reality when I learn how to watch in spite of what I see I want you to understand something right here and right now. Yahweh is calling us back to our watch. Come on. Did, did you hear what I just said? Yahweh is calling us back to our watch. He's calling us back to watching you're the head and not the tail. He's, he's calling us back to watching free indeed. He's calling us back to watching hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's calling us back to watching pray without ceasing. He's calling us back to watching healed of uh, the field. Come on. He's calling us back to watching restored and replenished in spite of what we see he's calling us back to our watch calling us back to our watch why because what we're willing to watch in spite of what we see has the ability to transform what we see into what we continue to watch I want you to understand something there are promises of God that you and me will never see with our eyes unless we first learn how to watch them with our heart. Y'all hear what I just said? There's promises that we'll never see with our eyes. That This Bible is full of stuff that we'll never see with our eyes if we don't learn how to watch them with our hearts in spite of what we see with our eyes. There are deliverances. There are breakthroughs that we'll never see with our eyes unless we learn how to first watch them with our heart. Do, do you understand that most of what we've been given by way of his word we'll never see unless we learn how to watch it? See, we got to get back on our watch. We've got to get back to looking at that word and taking in that word and setting in our heart to set a watch. I don't care what's in front of me. I'm I'm going to watch this until I see this. Yahweh is calling us back to our watch. Amen. What Yahweh says is coming. If we don't say yes to watching for it, we'll never see it, although technically we have it. I need y'all to understand there's things that are coming that if we're not watching, although we have it, We'll, we'll miss it, although technically, on a technicality, I don't want technical, I want manifestation. 
I don't want what I know I have in space. I want what I know I have in length with time uh, and time. I don't want what I know that I have in theory. I want what I know I have in reality. We want manifestation, but that demands watching in watching into another realm that the word describes for us. So, so watch this. The same holds true for the second coming of Christ. If we don't watch him now before he comes, we won't see him when he comes. I need y'all to understand. He, he didn't say watch when I'm, he said you need to watch now. Why? Because if you, if you don't watch me before I come, you will not be in a position to see me when I do come. Now I'm going to read those scriptures again and I'm going to help you see that because we do know that Jesus is ultimately coming back one day, right? We do that know that now, but many of us are watching COVID. Many of us are watching the stock market. Many of us are watching, we're watching our money and rightfully so we should be watching all of those things, but there's one thing that we said to watch for before all those things and that one thing that we set a watch for is for him we should be able to see him every day some within my heart I see the Lord every day within my heart I see the Lord throughout every day I have to set a watch now watch these verses Matthew 24 verse 42 through 44 it says it here in the new King James version watch therefore for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 44, therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 13, Matthew 25, verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. The Bible says if we don't watch for him before he comes, we won't see him when he does. He'll come like a thief is what the verse goes on to say. Anybody ever heard? He'll come like a thief. Someone who comes, a thief comes and leaves a, a, a place with the mission of not being detected. A thief wants to come in and leave without being detected that that thief had ever been in that place. Everybody following what I'm saying? Jesus, we never want Jesus to come like a thief. Please hear me because I, I'm telling you right now, he comes in through his spirit all the time, but we never want him to come like a thief because that means he came and went undetected. Please hear what I'm saying. That means he was here, but we didn't benefit from him being here. He came and left like a thief undetected and there were people in here that needed healing. He came and left and they weren't healed because he came in and left and undetected. There are people who are oppressed by the demoniac that needed devils cast out of them. He came and went undetected because if we're not watching when he comes, we'll come like a thief and we won't see him. And like a thief does, he comes and goes without you knowing he's ever been there. And so somebody gets healed while somebody else says, what's the big deal? Somebody gets a breakthrough while because somebody was watching while somebody else says I don't even know why they're doing all that crying because to one person he's a thief to the other they were already watching by the time praise and worship started and so when he came in 
Please understand, he can come in here like a thief to some while he comes in here to bring in glory for others. Everybody doesn't experience the same presence, even though we're all in the same presence. It just hinges on what you're watching. No, it's really not a big deal to some people because it's a, he's like a thief to you. He comes like a thief to those who, who aren't watching. If we're just watching the program and we're just watching the, the formulas and we're just waiting for church to be over and we're just here out of obligation, glory be to God. Uh, he's, not, he's not dealing with that. Uh, he's going to come like a thief. And there's somebody else being filled with the Holy Ghost. There's somebody else having suicide broke off of them. There's somebody else that'll never have another migraine headache. There's somebody else thyroid issues are being stripped off of them in the midst of it because somebody came watching. Somebody came watch. We never want Jesus to come like a thief. God, whatever you do, don't ever come like a thief. Don't ever come and go and I didn't know you were here. My God, don't ever come and go and I didn't know that you came in. Don't ever come and go. I don't care if I'm in my, don't ever come and go when I'm in my bedroom and I'm praying. Don't ever come and go when I'm in praise and worship. Don't ever come and go and I didn't know you were here. He comes like a thief because he actually came and left with our healing. He didn't steal it from us. He just didn't give it to us. So it's like a thief, but he's not a thief. He came and went with our breakthrough. He didn't steal our breakthrough. He just never gave it to us because we weren't watching. Amen? You know what Jesus has to do many times too? When we're not watching, he has to break in. Some of, we have to learn how to cultivate, cultivate a worship and a hosting of the presence of God where he doesn't have to break in to do, glory be to God. He doesn't have to force himself into our situations. He doesn't have to force himself into the narratives of our day. Once we truly understand the relationship between watching and seeing, We'll learn how to inherit what we watch instead of simply accepting what we see. I want to tell you something right now. Stop accepting what you see. I want to tell you right now. Stop accepting what you see. You have a right to watch until you change what you see. Me and you have. He's called us to that. Amen. Somebody say that's faith. I want to take you here. Because I, th I think this further hits this point. I think this further drives this in. This is another principle that I taught that I believe helps us. Numbers 13, verse 31. Watch this. Numbers 13, verse 31. This is when Israel was sent to spy out the promised land. They saw the giants and they decided they could not take the promised land and they were ready to retreat. They began to complain. The story picks up here and I want to deal with some, a couple, one other thing that I believe is necessary in this season. Numbers 13, verse number 31. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land 
through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33 is what I want to hit. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, who came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in. Listen to what Israel says as to why they can't apprehend their promise. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in. The giants looked at Israel based off of how Israel looked at themselves. I'm trying to help you understand something about why we got to deny self. And I'm going to just talk about it in a minute. The, in other words, what I'm, we were like grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were in their sight. Who we are in our sight is who we become in our enemy's sight. I'm going to say that again. Who we are in our sight is who we become in our enemy's sight. We give the adversary permission to attack us based off of how we see us. We were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so when they looked at us, they saw grasshoppers. How we see us is how the enemy will treat us. I need y'all to get this if you don't get nothing else. If we see ourselves as struggling with addiction, if that's how we see us, then addiction gets to treat us how how we see us and keep us under addiction. If we see ourselves as people who will always have a struggle, always have a struggle, then struggle has a right to treat us how we see us and always keep us in a struggle. How we are in our sight is how we are in our enemy's sight and how we we look at us is how the enemy can attack us. I have stressing problems. Well, the enemy says, thank you. If that's how you see you, that's how I'm going to treat you. I have issue. I feel like giving up all the time. The enemy says, thank you. That's that's how you see you. That's how I'm going to treat you. I'm going to treat you how I see you. I just be ready to give up too. So I just, I can't take but so much. And the devil says, thank you. If that's how you see you, because you're God. God said he'll never put more on you than you can bear. But you don't see yourself as your God sees you. And since you see yourself like that, I'm going to treat you like that. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And therefore, we were like grasshoppers in our sight. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say they're strong. Don't you dare say you weak. Let the weak say they're strong. Let the poor say they're rich. Because how we see us is permission for how the enemy can treat us. Did y'all hear what I just said? Glory be to God. I'm well. It is well. All is well. I have the victory. I am healed. I'm unstoppable. I'm more than a conqueror. All things are working together. I shall live and not die. I am the justified of God. Death no longer has its sting. The God of peace crushes Satan under my feet. 
that's how I see me. Guess what? If I see myself as defeated and the enemy has the right to see me as defeated, what if I see myself as victorious? Guess what? That same devil has to look at me and say he's victorious. What if I see myself as healed? That same enemy has to look back at me and say that man is healed. How I see me is how the enemy will treat me. So that's why he don't attack. He just moves out the way because he knows I see myself as already crushing his head. How do you see you? That's how your enemy treats you. Our problem is we don't know the difference between confession and claiming. The Bible says confess your sins, not claim them. I'm going to say that again. The Bible says confess your sins, not claim them. Confession of sin is I watch pornography. Claiming that sin is I have a pornography watching problem. One of them confessed the error. The other one claimed it as an ongoing issue. God never told you to claim any sin. He said confess a sin. And if you, you guaranteed you're going to do it again when you said I struggled with it. Because that's not confession. That's claiming. That's taking possession of a sin. I can, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us. We don't claim sin so we can continue in it. We confess it so we don't have to go back to it. Hello? How do you see you? How do you see you? How do you see you? That's why the enemy works so hard to bring us into perverted self-perspective. The enemy wants us to have a bad self-view. You know that, right? See, I don't care. Don't you act like you holy at it now. We all got a struggle. We all got a closet. And the first one jump up and dance with you is the devil. You know what? You're right. That blood wasn't as good as, it, as, he, as the God said it was anyway. Yeah, you is still dirty. You still is jacked up. You're still always going to have an issue. Thank you. I'll dance and do a two-step with you because you just gave me the right to continue to bring you into bondage when God has given you liberty. But how you see you is how I can treat you. He works to give us a perverted self-perception because that becomes the power the enemy uses against us. However we see us that God didn't say we are. That's why God says Jesus is not our sa- just our Savior. He's our lens. When God looks at us, he sees us through him. That's why he puts us in him. So he doesn't have to look at us. He can look at him when he's listening to us. I wish you could imagine a big bucket and being put in that bucket where you can't be seen. But you can be heard. And whoever looks at that bucket can't see you. All they can see is what you're in. But the Bible says in him we live. 
and he's holy. In him we move and he's victorious. In him we have our being and he's healed. In him, he, power, love, and sound mind is in him. I see myself through him. He is who I am by his grace and his mercy. So the enemy perverts our self-perception. That's why it's so important to learn how to deny self. I don't think we've completely understood what it means to deny self. You know what it means to deny self? Denying self is deeper than telling yourself no. Y'all know that, right? Because how many times, does that always work? You tell yourself no, what you do? Still put your hand in the cookie jar. I know. Because I told myself no. No, don't worry. No, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Two days later. Not, not even two to two hours later. Back at it again. Because that's not what denying self, that's not the totality of what it means to deny self. Please hear me and hear me well. Denying self is denying who I currently see myself as and saying I'm someone else. While I'm still drinking, I see myself as a drinker, I say I don't even have the taste of alcohol in my mouth anymore. That's actually denying self. Because myself says I'm still, I have a drinking problem. But God says you deny yourself and say who I said you are. I don't even have the taste of alcohol in my mouth. A lot of people say he don't want us to do that because you got to be real. No, no, no. He says call those things that be not. As though they were. Because in reality, you don't have the taste of liquor in your mouth. Who you really are. Because before me and you were formed in our mother's womb, he knew who we are. And after we were born, we were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So who he knew us as before we were formed in our mother's womb did not know sin. And who that's why we have to be born again. Not born of our mother's womb, but born of spirit and born of word. And he brings us back to who he knew us as and the Jeremiah he knew didn't go by the nickname Jay and didn't drink either so I was able now I didn't get delivered from alcohol I got the version of me that never drank it I didn't get delivered from fornication I got the version of me that never had sex outside of marriage you can get your you back I always tell people you deny yourself to meet your me you got a me that he knew you as, me and you as, before we were formed in our mother's womb. But we got to deny ourselves to be there. I just got anger issues. No, 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 no. I operate in a peace. I just, I just, you know what I'm saying? I just got issues with stress. I just stress out easy. No, 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 no. The peace of God that passes all understanding guards my heart and in my mind. And if you can deny yourself based off of the current version of yourself, if you can deny that and say what God said, do you know understand that you're beginning to watch? You know that? You're beginning to watch, not what you see. And so what you watch begins to become who you see. Remember this, brothers and sisters. Remember this, how I see me is how my enemy sees me. I need y'all to, to understand that. 
How I see me is how the enemy will treat me. I need y'all to understand that right now. Amen. And so you can, so me and you can begin to deny ourselves and begin to claim our identity by way of the word of God. If we see ourselves as victorious, the enemy has to treat us like a victor. If we see ourselves delivered, our bondage has to treat us like we're delivered. How we see us is how the enemy will treat us. We were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. You know what grasshoppers do? Anytime something gets close to them, they hop. Jump from place to place. Every time they feel any danger. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to make sons grasshoppers. Jumping from one place to the next. Jumping from one situation to the next. From one assignment to the next. Every time anything gets close to it that's bigger than it. Grasshoppers are known for their legs. We're going to be known for his image. Going to be known for his image. I believe that the Lord on this evening is calling a people back to their watch. I believe that there are people in this house today that have been saying what they're seeing and haven't been watching anything outside of that. That you found yourself being sucked into what's, what's being said on the news. You found yourself to being sucked into all the anger and the, the propaganda and, and everything that's happening around us. And I really haven't been watching anything of God. I've just been seeing everything that's going on and saying that God has got to be coming soon to finish us off. He got to be coming soon to finish this off. He got to be because I'm looking at how bad it's getting and saying to myself, this has to we have to be on the edge of the end and the Bible makes it very clear when this starts happening everything that's happening around us you know what he says the end is not yet he didn't say it's the end the end is we are in the place where the end is not yet when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, diseases, and famines in all areas he said look here don't, don't fear for the end is not it is not going to end tomorrow. The world ain't going to end next week. Amen? It can't because he said the end is not yet. And then he goes on to say this. What's going to dictate the end ain't what comes on CNN. It's not what is reported on the news. He says, you know when the end is going to come? And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations. And then the end. If we want to know when the end is going to come, we don't need to look at COVID. We need to start listening to pulpits. And when we start hearing the kingdom preach from pulpits, then we know the end is here. No, no, no. It's about the preacher. It's not about the pestilence. Read it, Matthew, read it. It's right in Matthew 24. Amen. We have to know this so we'll stop packing our bags and we ain't going nowhere right now. We can't live like we're going to leave if we're going to have to stay. That's what turns off the next generation. 
He came that we might have life, and we've treated faith as if it's everything we need to do before we die. Faith ain't for when we die. Faith is to live right now. It's to live right now. It's, we shall live and not die right now. It's eternal life right now. It's the spirit of God in us right now. It's the glory of God upon us right now. Amen. If you're here today, I want to call you back to your watch. Everybody standing to your feet. I'm not going to. Everybody standing to your feet. I'm not going to. 